What is up, you guys? Welcome back to Millennial Hollywood today here on the Popcorn Talk Network. We are so excited to have one of my friends in for the studio, so make sure you don't go too far. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. What is up, you guys? Welcome back to Millennial Hollywood here at AfterBuzz TV's Popcorn Talk Network. We are so excited to have in one of my friends today who is not only a triple threat, but a true force to be reckoned with in the entertainment industry. It is my friend, Austin Michael. Thanks for joining us. Hey, hey, Dakota. Thanks for having me, man. Good to see you. Good to see you. And where can everyone find you on social media? Well, you can find me on Instagram, at AustinMichaelInfo, or on Twitter, at Austin underscore Michael. Awesome. And you guys can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, at Mr. Dakota T. Jones. We are rocking out to some Mamma Mia!, we're so excited to be talking about that in a little bit. But first, I wanted to kind of get into how we met first. Sure, yeah. So we've known each other for, I want to say, since I was like 13. Yeah, I think I met you in 2009. Yeah, 2009. Yeah, yeah we were both on the off-Broadway production of Peter Pan with Kathy Rigby. Yes, indeed. And um, I played... Neverland. Exactly. And that's honestly like one of the highlights of my life. I know that was a long time ago, but it was amazing. <laughs> um, so I played John Darling, and you played... Slightly Soiled. <laughs> the best name. Best character name. We actually have a photo here of us uh, back in the day. This is insane. We were. This was after one of the shows, and we were in full costume. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. Look at those babies. I know, you had like on some leopard print type of situation. (laughs) Yep. And I was wearing a nightgown. You know, you're from London. I was. From Neverland. Exactly. And then I think we have another photo of us that was actually taken on one of my very old cameras that I used to have. And we just, like, were backstage in my dressing room at the time, I believe, and we were taking, like, a photo in, uh, there it is. Whoa! (laughs) Look how young we are. It's insane. Walk down memory lane. I know. You still had on your, like, dirty makeup face going on. A wreck after the show. (laughs) A sweaty, gross mess. Um, But actually, shortly after this happened, you actually moved to Los Angeles and left me high and dry in Missouri. (laughs) Um, at what age did you move to California? Uh, I was I was eighteen when I moved out here. Yeah, I did. I, we did Peter Pan together yep. with Kathy Rigby in '09, mm-hmm. and then closed that. And then I moved out here in January of 2010, and uh, lived out here for several months. And then actually went back to Branson for the summer of 2010 to do Peter Pan one okay. last time in That's Branson. Awesome. Yeah. So you came out, and then you went back, and then how long were you back at Peter Pan? Only, only I think six or seven weeks or something, oh, okay, and then came yeah. right back out. Okay, so yeah. I've basically been in LA since the beginning of 2010. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, I know you got to like you got to go back. I was too tall, so they kicked me <laughs> off the show. Not even kidding, you guys. But I mean, I understood. I was starting to get taller than Wendy and Kathy Rigby, who plays Peter Pan. I was worried about the same thing. Trust me. I was, <laughs> I was trying to like squat down in the nightgown a little bit so that way I wasn't as tall and like the nightgown went around me. Buckle but, those knees. Yeah, but <laughs> it didn't really work out. But um, so whenever you moved out here at eighteen, mm-hmm. I moved out here. I was it was like a week or two before I turned eighteen. Okay. But wow. what was it like being out here without your family? Like, because young age moving out here by yourself, that's that takes a lot of guts. Yeah. Well, I mean, it does take some guts for sure. It's a big city. It's kind of overwhelming and scary at yeah. first. But uh, I was terrified. Not gonna lie, I was terrified. It was probably one of the scary things I've ever done. Yeah. Um, coming out here, leaving my comfort zone of my family. I, you know, was still living at home, of course, and at 18 and, and being in good old Branson, Missouri. Yeah. as a very different place, yeah. you know, the Midwest than out here. So, but, you know, I, I quickly grew to love it. I mean, it took me probably, I would say the first year or so, I felt like a visitor. Yeah. And then entering my second year out here, I started getting my footing. And uh, after two years, it felt like home. 
Yeah. You know, so I'm very comfortable out here now. I love, I do love LA. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah I, I know for the first year I was like, oh, this is a vacation. Like right. I was just having a blast. And then once reality kind of kicked in and I was like, oh my gosh, I've been here for like a year and a half or two. I was like, this is insane. It I'm flies by. I'm, I live here now. And I, and then I, it was time I got pulled over by like a cop randomly because I was confused at what he wanted. He wanted me to like signal and like turn over uh. because he was trying to take someone else away. Anyway, so uh. he pulled me over and he asked for my ID and it was still Missouri. And he's like, time to change this oh snap and so once i changed the id and waited six hours in yeah, line at the dmv yeah. then i knew i was in actual la oh you know? man and the dmv let me tell you it's insane the dmv in la <laughs> it's the last place you want to be exactly. the lines are terrible but i did want to ask you because yeah. i'm interested because of how i felt about it whenever you first moved here was it everything you expected or was it totally different than what you expected I think parts of it were what I expected. Um, I mean, I definitely knew it was going to be a place with a lot of different people, very different environment from what I was used to. Culture shock, for mm-hmm. sure. Like, I knew all of these things. Um, I had visited L.A. a time or two, uh, a year or two prior to moving out here. Uh, as a younger kid actor, I actually considered moving out here before I even got shows in Branson, actually. Yeah. Um, years ago in like the early 2000s. And just my family and I just felt like it ultimately wasn't the time to do mm-hmm. it. Um, but I think, you know, once I got out here, I, I, I was definitely surprised by some <laughs> things. The traffic is a complete shock. Oh. The idea of allowing double whatever Google tells you to get wherever you're going is something you got to get used to. Yeah. But it, the place is great. I mean, you can do anything you want to do, eat whatever you want to eat. Yeah. Every Broadway show comes through every movie screens here. I mean, the beach hiking, you know, it's yeah. just, it is a really cool place. It just took some getting used to, but I Definitely. was, I was pleasantly surprised by a lot of it. Yeah. I know when I first came here, the first thing that I was like kind of shocked about was Hollywood Boulevard was not what I expected. I was expecting it to be this big, lavish, like clean, yes. beautiful. Yes. And it's small and dirty. <laughs> I, I would second that this whole polished, glittery yeah. Hollywood image of like Hollywood Boulevard, um, the walk of fame, yeah. You know, these things are pretty gritty and a little bit grimy when you get up close. But it's still cool. It's super historical. Yeah. And it is it is really neat to be able to see that in your backyard. Exactly. And I will say whenever there is a like a premiere that rolls through though, they do clean it up pretty well for that time being. And yeah. They make it look totally different. They give her a facelift. Yeah, they <laughs> <No> do. <doubt. laughs> um so on this show I like to like ask my guests, um, for people back home who maybe do live in Missouri or like small towns and sure. they don't have like the resources that we have out here. Um, like what is the first step that they could take in order to start following their dreams? If, even if they're not quite ready to move out here yet. Um, I would say the the first thing you have to do is simply start doing something, Mm -hmm. right? So I think whatever that is, if that's doing things with friends, if that's putting on your own shows, I mean, I I put on shows in my garage as a kid, but like I hung bed sheets as curtains on my dad's (laughs) weight machine and like went door to door and and made the neighbors come watch my shows in the garage. But you know, like if you have, you know, if you have that love, if you have that passion for something, just start figuring out what you can do in any way you can to do it. And don't just think about it, Mm -hmm. right? It's just about starting to perfect your craft. I would say definitely get into lessons. if, If that's something in your area, like try to find an acting teacher or even community theater is the best. That's really where my fire got lit was community theater. Once I started doing shows with other creative people, that was just inspired me. Yeah. Um, so I would say try to get into some sort of community theater, even if it's volunteer based, get into some lessons and, and start making, you know, short films with your video camera right. or, or learning songs and monologues and singing and acting and just doing it 
and then observe your, observe yourself, yeah. watch yourself back, and try to just start learning yourself as best you can um, if and when you get to a place where you can sort of take that training and work to the next level. Yeah, I start love doing. that. Yeah, because I think with us, we did a lot of community theater because that's where that's the outlet we were allowed. But yeah. like nowadays with like the flip, not like not, like not even flip phones anymore, just like your phone, you your iPhone. You can make a movie with an iPhone. Yeah. Like these things shoot in 4K. So you're able you to can... really kind of take that liberty and, and, yes. and run with it. And I, I think that that's something that I wish that I would have had whenever I was like 12 or 13. Absolutely. Because I would have been doing the whole YouTube thing a long time ago. Sure. You but, can shoot a whole show on your phone now. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. But I love that advice. I love that. Because once you just start doing, no matter where you're at, if you just start doing something, it's going to lead to the next level. And then you're able to sort of build up your resume. And then whenever you're ready, you can take the move. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, one thing, I, a little motto, kind of cheesy, but so <laughs> true. Activity creates activity. Mm-hmm. Activity creates activity. And, and if you're just sort of not doing anything, then it's very unlikely something's going to happen. Yeah. So just start doing. And speaking of that, I'm not sure if this is something that you expected or not, but like after you were here for a few years, you, you were doing different projects, and then all of a sudden I see online that you had landed a role in the Mamma Mia tour, which is yeah. incredible. Was that Thanks. something that you kind of just stumbled across, or how did that come about? Well, you know, I moved to L.A. primarily to get into film and TV right. acting. I mean, that, that is what, and I still love that. I'm very much pursuing that. Um, it, you know, it's a long road. It's, mm-hmm. it's, as my agent told me, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So, you know, that, that's, that's been a grind. But um, I, I auditioned for Mamma Mia in, I think it was March or April of 2015. It was an audition that my agent sent me out on. Mm-hmm. So I, I am fortunate to have rep. Um, and, and they got me an appointment for, for the role of Pepper. Um, for the 2015-2016 tour, went in and and got all the way through to the end. It was like a three-round callback process. Yeah. And made it to me and I think one or two other people, but made it to the final, final, final round for the role of Pepper uh-huh. uh, in, in Mamma Mia and didn't get it. I was, I was on hold for, I think, almost a week. You know, they put you on a veil, right. is what they call it, yeah. to keep your schedule free and clear, and didn't get it, and didn't get anything. And I was like, what? You know, I mean, it was very disappointing, because at that point, I'd invested a lot of time mm-hmm. and energy, and you start to want it really bad. Yeah. You know, when you get closer, you really start to want it. And it didn't happen. It wasn't meant to be. And um, fast forward seven months, and I had, I had forgotten it. You know, you kind of go, right. you audition, you do your best, and then you let it go and move on to the next thing. Seven months out of the blue on a Monday morning, my agent gets a phone call. <laughs> and he's like, hey, man, somebody, somebody's cutting their contract early. They're leaving their contract early from the current tour. Uh, your headshot and resume and audition notes were the next one on the replacement pile. Wow. And they've offered you the job. Oh my god! They, they didn't even make me re-audition. They had everything for me oh from seven gosh. months prior, and and I took a day to think about it because I again seven months I wasn't planning on going on tour. Yeah, you know, I was in LA, graduated uh, from film school mm-hmm. at Loyola Marymount, and just kind of starting my grind out here post college. And I was like, okay, I need to take a day to think about you know kind of pausing my life here, yeah. and going on the road for for six months, and uh, and and decided, yeah, I can't I can't not take this yeah. opportunity. So that was so I did that, and that was actually a male ensemble dance role, a featured dance track, and I was the cover or understudy for two roles, uh, Eddie and Pepper, mm-hmm. who are two secondary principals in the show, and did that for for six months, and then I had a couple month break. I re auditioned for the next Mamma Mia contract, which was the farewell tour mm-hmm. uh, for North America, and they they gave me the role of Pepper, 
which was what I originally auditioned for, you know, that way back so when, great. and didn't get, and ultimately ended up uh, having the opportunity to play the role, and did that for 10 months. Wow. So it, it was truly... So it was like a 16-month kind of a thing. I just say like a year and a half. Yeah. Basically, I was on the road minus minus a couple months last summer. I had a break between contracts. That is insane. It, 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 it oh is insane. I still look back, and it's just it's taught me you never know sort of what the right timing and what the right plan is, right? And, and you, you know, you want it. Mm-hmm. And you're working hard, but sometimes it's not meant to be at that time. And then ultimately, like, it will happen when it's meant to happen. That's crazy. And, and the fact that you... Lesson. Yeah, the fact that, like, you didn't think you got it, and then they just called you and they're like, hey, you got it. Like, I understand why you would need a day to think about it, because you're not even in that mindset anymore. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, I, seven months had gone by, and then all of a sudden I get... I get an offer for the show that I had auditioned for and didn't get in the first place. Yeah. So it's just, you never know. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, you said during the farewell tour you you played Pepper. Yes. So yeah. I want to show, there's like a photo of you like doing splits midair. That is crazy. Like how in the world do you even, like how did you get to the point where you were able to do that? Uh, well, I, honestly, I mean that, that that's called a Russian split jump. Uh-huh. Um, it's part of the track. It's part of the Pepper track. I mean that's been in the choreography since day one uh-huh. on Broadway in, I think, 2001. Um, so I, I did nine of those in a row uh, every single show. Wow. So we did eight shows a week. So I, I did 72 Russian split jumps every week for 10 months. Did that? Um, <laughs> did you ever have any injury or anything? Like that? I, you know, it, actually, I did. I mean, I, I started playing Pepper in um, October of last year, of 2016. Mm-hmm. And by Thanksgiving, uh, my, my left knee actually started hurting severely. And, and it sort of taught me that I have to really take it seriously to stretch and warm up and roll out with like a foam roller. And there's all these things that you can do to wow. take care of your body that I had never really had to do that consistently. And I realized, okay, I got to, I got to do this hardcore for real. Yeah. If I'm already hurting a couple months in and I, I still have, you know, seven or eight months to go, I got to nip this in the bud. Yeah. And I did, I worked with an athletic trainer um, and it just made a 180 for me. That's and, amazing. And started rolling out and stretching before every show and at intermission of every show, regard, like bar none, no matter what. And I, I never hurt really again. That's I mean, Not cool. seriously. I would have minor aches and pains. But So you took care of your body. That's awesome. I lo- that yeah. was something this contract taught me was the importance of preventative yeah. stretching and warming up and all these things that you have to do if you're going to be pounding your body like that yeah. you know, on a daily basis for months on end, plus living uh, you know, in hotel rooms and on a tour bus travel, right. that's hard on your body too. That presents its own set of challenges. So it, it taught me a lot about self-care. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. And something else that I thought was funny when I would always watch your Instagram stories is you always having to put on some self-tanner, right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Tell me about that. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about the self-tanner. Um, I didn't even know that was a thing, uh-huh. you know, before joining the, the show. Um, but it is, you know, the, the show Mamma Mia, the story is set in, in Greece mm-hmm. and Pepper is a local, you know, he lives on the island. So I got to be tan. I got to have that Greek suntan and I'm not <laughs> tan naturally. I am, yeah. I am pasty white. Uh-huh. So, so I, I would have to use the self tanner about twice a week, um, full body head to toe and, and sleep in it. And it was greasy and gross. 
Fortunately, it didn't smell half bad, but okay. everything else about it was rather disgusting. And uh, you know, you do it in the in the bathroom, and the, the shower would look like a murder scene. Yeah, it was disgusting. So I mean, you had to do that all yourself. Like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, and so well, and then I had my my roommate graciously help me with latex gloves, like rub it on my back. Yeah, because the uh, back is the hardest friend. area. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a friend. It, it takes a, a a trusted friend. And my roommate was more than gracious and helpful the whole contract. That's but so um, I felt bad for every hotel that we left because. I'm pretty sure I ruined, you know, shower towels and bed sheets yeah. across America. Yeah, I'm sure you did. You left a trail. <laughs> you just left a trail. I just left a trail of oh self-terror all over North America. That's so funny. So I've I'm, used. I'm sorry. I've used that before, but I only usually use it when I do go to hotels. I know that's awful, but it's so I can like leave it on their sheets and not mine. Right, and it, it it's it's oh. a mess. Let's just leave it at that. It is a mess. Yeah. But okay, hey, so what's, the job. what's going on with this photo? What's going on? In okay, here? so this this is actually a photo from the closing night party of oh. the entire tour. This was taken in St. Louis, Missouri. Oh. We, we closed on July 30th at the fabulous Fox Theater wow. in St. Louis, which was thrilling. It's such a historical, gorgeous space. But but this photo was taken in St. Louis at a nearby um, restaurant that we rented out, and, and the company threw an incredible closing party. And I'm actually here with Cashel Butler, mm-hmm. who played Tanya, one of the three dynamos, one of the three leads in the show, and it is Pepper and Tanya who are sort of a duo throughout the show. And I am, I am, I am flirting with her yeah. and trying to impress her and trying to get the girl the entire show. And and she is the goddess diva that I got to perform with every day on stage. That is awesome. And, and do the "Does Your Mother Know" number, which is what it's called, "Does Your Mother Know." And do those split jumps every day to try to impress her. And that uh, man, great. we we had the best time together. She's she's a star and. Um, yeah, we just had the best time. It was a it was a good number. That's really really cool. So you were talking about how you did have to do like hotels and then tour buses as well. Yes, yeah. So like with the tour bus, how I mean, how big is it? Like, did you have to share it with five sure, people? Sure, sure, sure. Well, here's the deal. So the cast was fortunate. We never slept on the bus overnight. Oh wow. Okay, we always got to sleep in a hotel. The same was not true for our crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a twelve person crew who had a sleeper bus with bunks. They had to they had to break down the show every night that we would leave the town, mm-hmm. sleep on the bus while driving to the next town so that they could beat us there and be setting up by 8 a.m. the next morning, Ugh. right? Because by the time we get there at yeah. 2 or 3 p.m., it's got to be ready to go for sound check. So we uh, we would sleep in hotels, but we would ride the bus. And it was, like I think, a 55-seat coach bus, mm. a normal sort of coach tour bus. And uh, most people had a bus partner, somebody that you sat with. It was assigned. It was the same every, every day, every yeah. time. And you would ride in, in that bus for hours, um, almost every day or every other day. So you didn't even have like a bed you could lay down on or anything. No, but here's the thing: we had we had uh, we had air mattresses. Some okay. of us would invest in an air mattress or like some sort of rollout egg egg crate thing that we put on the floor of the bus. There you go. And we would sleep on the floor of the bus. I bought a pillow, a, a blanket. And, a, and an air mat off of Amazon, and I would just sprawl out with my legs going across the aisle, and I would try to sleep the first four or five hours of every morning just to cut my travel day in half. Yeah. And then my bus partner would be on the chair sleeping with his legs up on the window <laughs> or his legs kind of over the armrest into the yeah. aisle. But you, you were either a chair sleeper or a floor sleeper, and it was very important when you picked your bus mate at the beginning of the, of the tour yeah. that you talked about that because yeah. – that's a huge part of your you entire experience. You can't both experience. be a chair sleeper. Nope. It will not work <laughs> if you're both a chair sleeper or both a floor sleeper. And on, the, on a tour like this, a bus and truck tour, I mean, half your time is on, a, on the bus mm-hmm. riding. And so you better figure out how to make it comfortable. That's insane. Lots of Netflix, lots of music. I invested in some good, 
some good, good headphones, headphones, you know, and you find ways to pass the time. Lots of reading, um, so that you know you can find things to keep your keep yourself busy on the bus. Yeah. It's, it's it's a grind. It's yeah. a grind. That's insane. I think a lot of people just think, oh, you show up every day and you do the show and then you like go home or you. You know, there's like you have to travel to the next oh, place. You yeah. have to get off. You have all your stuff. I'm sure you had like big backpacks that you had to like. Yeah, lug we all had everywhere. a couple of suitcases and a backpack or duffel bag. You know, and you're lugging that in every every time in and out of the hotel. And uh, just to give you an idea, um, our semi trucks that took all of our sets and costumes and lights and everything around, it, it, they drove enough to circle the Earth twice. Oh my god! And then drive ten thousand more miles. So that's how far the trucks drove. Now, we didn't drive that much because we did fly mm-hmm. some, but we still drove a lot, if that gives you an idea of how many miles we covered. That's crazy. We, we, we did 165 cities over the course of my time, wow. a year and a half, and uh, 381 performances. Wow. So it was, it was a lot of ABBA. Lot. Oh all over my North gosh. America. That is insane. <laughs> yeah. So what was your favorite city that you think that you've performed in? Vancouver. Really? Hands down, Vancouver, British Columbia was my favorite city that I went to of all of them. It was this perfect blend of like big city New York, skyscrapers, but clean and surrounded by what looked like the Colorado mountains. You know, so it's this mix of nature and, and urban city. Yeah. Um, the people are nice. The city is clean. The food is phenomenal. And you take all of that and put it on the ocean. Oh, wow. You know, it's, it's a coastal city like L.A. So it's yeah. truly, to me, it's the best of all the worlds. And you're by some of the most beautiful mountains in the entire continent. So That's the hiking cool. and the nature is just unparalleled. That's somewhere I've, I've always wanted to go. Get there. If you can, just go. <laughs> get there. I highly recommend it. I mean, we, I went to a lot of cities I love. I loved, I loved Seattle. Boston's incredible. Mm-hmm. Denver, Nashville, Atlanta. Those are just like top handful, just cities that stuck with me. Um, but but opening, I actually got to open my very first show at the Pantages in Hollywood. Wow. And that was thrilling for me. I geeked out hardcore. Oh my gosh, I would too. Because that's where I've been seeing shows, you know, for several years living yeah. out here. So I got to open my first opening weekend at the Pantages. And then closing in St. Louis at the Fabulous Fox. That's crazy. I grew up in Arkansas and Missouri and drove up to see shows at the Fox as a kid. So it was like truly an amazing blessing that I got yeah. to open in Pantages in Hollywood, which is special to me, yeah. and then close out this whole Mamma Mia adventure in a very special place like St. Louis. And my family drove up and had a that's bunch cool. of family and friends around. So it was, I'll never forget it. I, I bet you won't. That's, yeah. that's really cool that the, that was your first and your last show there. That's, I'm so grateful. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So is this some of your cast members? Yeah, this is, this, is, uh, this is a picture from one of the opening night parties. We were fortunate to have many opening night parties across the, <laughs> across the continent. I mean, these theaters and some of these um, local, local theater companies that would host us uh, would throw us opening night parties occasionally. And so we, we would have wonderful times. Cool. Yeah, these are some awesome fellow performers um, who are just amazing, good friends, and, and awesome performers, super, super pros. That's really cool. Yeah. Aside from like doing the show, obviously you traveled a lot. Did mm-hmm. you have like some breaks to kind of explore different cities? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. If we were in a city for more than a day, which we did do a lot of one nighters, but mm-hmm. I would say on average it was mostly like two and three night stays in a city. You know, that second and third day, we would have the morning and afternoon free. So we could explore a lot. And um, out, out, of, out of the whole contract that I did, I would say we had, I don't know, between 15 and 15 and 18 one week sit downs where we would be in a city for an entire week and you kind of get to feel like you're living there for yeah. a little bit you know and we would explore all day in the mornings and the afternoons and go to the gym that was a big thing on the road was yeah. just to go to the gym to stay fit 
and healthy and feeling good and energetic, but we would go explore and shop and hike and, and sightsee, you know, play tourists. If we were in an area that had things to do like that, you know, you go see the, see the sites. So I bet it was tough to shop though, because you wanted everything, but you're like, how am I supposed to fit all this in my suitcase? That's already full. All these things you learn, you got to think about like, okay, if I get this, what can I send? You know, what can I send home? And I sent several boxes back to my, my parents' house in Branson, Missouri, um, from, from the road. I would just ship things up and you know, send them back to free up room on my, on my luggage. Cause we would fly throughout the tour. So mm-hmm. your bags could never exceed 50 pounds. Yeah. So it was a constant test. <laughs> I'm sure your parents were like, okay, we have 10 boxes yeah. here. Like, where are we supposed to put <laughs> like, these? Uh, when is this tour <laughs> yeah, over? Because exactly. the house is getting full. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I love this photo here. This is so cool. <gasps> so this is obviously like, I'm guessing a meet and greet afterwards. Are you just, yeah. 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 This was uh, after a show in Florida. Um, and you know, I, I would have the opportunity to meet a lot of young people after mm-hmm. the show. Um, we had high school groups and, and very young people like this girl come. And, you know, it's just, I remember being that age, and I'm sure you do too. Yeah. When you're, you know, when you're a young kid and you're going to see shows, it is magical at, at that age. And even as an adult, it's still very magical. But, man, so getting to have moments like that, mm-hmm. that's what it was about to me. I, getting to sort of meet these young people and talk to them and hear how they liked it and just seeing seeing young people watching and experiencing the arts is super important to yeah. me. And uh, so, yeah, those are the kind of moments that I really got excited about. And even if you're having a tough day, you know, my body would sometimes hurt or I would be a little more tired if it was a really rough travel schedule. Mm-hmm. That, those are the moments that really make it worth it. That's cool. It's like seeing the people who are experiencing the magic that you're creating. Yeah, it's like stage. you're putting so much work into it and then they're there to see it. So they're the ones that are seeing the, the glamorous yeah. part that, that's intended for them to see. Yes. And then they don't probably realize all the things that go on behind the scenes. And so I'm sure it's just cool to kind of meet people and just get their take of what they viewed. Absolutely, absolutely. And truly the show itself mm-hmm. is a very small portion of the overall experience yeah. of being on a tour. It really is. I mean, those two and a half hours on stage are very tiny sliver mm-hmm. of everything that goes on but that's what it's about it's about that show and for people like her and all of our crowds for for many of them it was opening night every mm-hmm. time for them of course with mama mia it's been around it toured consecutively for 17 years yeah and i was very grateful to be part of the farewell tour the final original broadway version of the show in north america um so we had some repeat customers you yeah know, let's say <laughs> but we had some people who definitely knew the show knew the songs but you know, ultimately, it's about that magic that you create for people and giving your best every time, which yeah. is like what you do here and with your show um, here at Popcorn Talk. Like, we, you know, we show up, we're doing the show, and, and it is it is opening night for yeah. your audience every time. Exactly. And that's what they deserve. That's awesome. Yeah. I remember, like, whenever we were in Peter Pan, that was... Because you, you'd done some other big-scale shows like that before Peter Pan. Sure, for me, you, yeah. For me, that was the the biggest like show that I was thrown into. I was like doing yeah, community man. theater, community theater. And then all of a sudden I was just thrown into yeah. this. And I remember it was just the most insane experience. And like, you know, afterwards we would go out and we would greet people and like, yeah. they'd be like, Oh my gosh, all excited to meet me. I'm like, literally I'm like this kid who just like got flung on stage yeah. from Missouri. Like it was just, you're just so, doing the thing but yeah. to them. You're amazing. Yeah. You are spectacular. <laughs> you are you know, you, you, you're a star to, to some of them, you yeah. know, and that, yeah, you, you can't forget that. You can't forget their perspective. Yeah. Cause to you and I, we're just, we're just doing the we're thing. We're just trying to hustle. To, yeah. <laughs> we're just trying to hustle and have fun and, you know, we're getting to do what we love and call it work. But, yeah. but to them, I mean, it's, it's more than that a lot of times. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, in conclusion, before we go, I did want to talk about some other stuff. So you are a part of, tell me about this, this big commercial that you're a part of. Sure. Yeah. So in addition to being an actor, which is my, which is my passion, both for the stage and for, for camera, I love filmmaking. I've loved movies since I can remember. And I decided to actually go to college and study film, film production um, at Loyola Marymount University. And so, you know, doing that since being out of school um, in 2015, I've really pursued producing. I love producing. And actor-producer is is that sort of career path yeah. I'm going after, you know. And so I've done some freelance producing for a couple of few different companies in L.A. And I got I got to help co-produce a, a commercial mm-hmm. for Doritos, which was for actually for the Super Bowl competition, which I'm not sure if I'm sure some of you guys will know what that is. Yeah. But they did it for 10 years. They did this annual Super Bowl commercial competition thing. And so we made this commercial for that competition, right? And it made top 50 wow. out of almost 5,000 submissions oh in 2015. This was the final year of it, right? And so it made top 50, which in itself, huge honor. I mean, mm. we, were so, we were so stoked for that. And then, and then you know, didn't, didn't win the ultimate you know, goal, which was to get it on the Super Bowl. Yeah. And flash forward two years later, and the, um, the ad agency calls the company and is like, hey, we, we want to turn your spot into a national broadcast commercial <laughs> spot for i forget if it was like eight or 13 weeks or yeah. something but it, it was for several weeks and it, it's still currently running it's 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 got over i think four or five hundred airings now wow. all, all over the country yeah so um i got to help co-produce that so it's like super exciting i could say i'm i produced a national commercial that's a big you know, deal it's yeah. exciting but uh, but again we it was just a bunch of us lmu alums like working hard you know it was professional i mean it was a budget People were paid. It was, you know, it was all, we were, we were looking at it as a total pro job. Right. But it was a bunch of film school friends working together with some other industry pros who were helping us out. And we were just, again, doing the thing, right? The grind and yeah. trying to make this awesome, this awesome video. And then boom, two years later, it that's turns kinda... into, into a national spot. So the work paid off. Yeah. You know? That's so be, be crazy. So be on the lookout for it. It's got an elephant in it. You'll know it when okay, you see it. An elephant it. slapping people who are trying to eat Doritos. You cannot miss it. Wait, hold on. Did you actually get an elephant like on set, or how did this yes, work? Yes, yeah, we worked. We worked with an elephant. It, it's the elephant from Water for Elephants, actually. Oh, Reese really? Wow. Road. Yeah, she's a star. Her name is Ty, the elephant. <laughs> she's literally a star. She's. If you've seen an elephant in a movie in the last. I don't know, at least the last decade or more, it's probably Ty or one of her siblings. That's crazy. Yeah. So that was really cool to work with a live trained elephant. Um, and and we, we actually shot her in front of a green screen and then superimposed her into an office setting and at movie magic, you know, and, cool. it, and, it, and it looks like she's there. Um, this elephant was so pro <laughs> that she could back up and she knew not to step on any of the electrical cables. No way. Yeah. She so would she's just, like, oh, she knew she would back up and she would step over every cable and she could walk through a, a, a path that was just wider than her tummy. Wow. I mean, just these animals are incredible, <laughs> and she she's just a wonderful creature, and so happy and Some... funny, and played jokes on us, and <laughs> and she listens to verbal cues, which is amazing. She she can actually step forward, turn, do these wiggle her ears, do her snout off of verbal cues from the trainer, and she knows what it means by the sound of it. I mean, they're just wow. brilliant animals. Sometimes I feel like animals. In certain instances, are smarter than humans. Like certain humans, I mean. Uh, for a second, I was like, "Man, this thing is terrain." Yeah, yeah, that is insane. Well, I also saw on your Instagram story. I love how that's like how I keep up with you these days. I'm like, "Oh, I guess like this is happening like oh three hours ago." You know, I can see exactly what <laughs> yeah. you're doing. So a couple nights ago, I think you were filming something. 
Yep. I don't know where. What were you doing then? Okay, so I'm helping. I'm actually helping produce another project um, that is for the Airy Inspiration Challenge, uh-huh. and um, it's a it's a short little digital doc piece uh, for Airy, the the camera company that's that's made camera equipment for years. I think they're about to celebrate their centennial anniversary. Actually, wow. Yeah, so they make a lot of movie equipment, and we're we're doing just a short doc piece for them, talking to some cinematographers about their style. And their creative essence, and um, and creating some images based on what they what they say and what they want, and it's been super cool to work with some of these pro cinematographers, and we'll be excited to get that out online as well. So that's all through um, Paxeros Creative is the name of the company. So you can see PaxerosCreative.com what they're doing, P-A-X-E-R-O-S creative.com and yeah they're doing some cool stuff and i'm so happy to be working with them that's as awesome. well and again all lmu film school alumni so it's yeah. just like one big lmu family that's cool well i know that you are like on the grind like you just got off this tour not too long ago and you're already like working because it's always it's Trying, always the man. next thing you know yeah. you got to go on to the next thing and you know so how it goes yeah so i'm i guess you kind of answered this earlier but theater is a, a huge love of yours but you're yeah. wanting to more focus on television and, and movies right now right I th- well I think right now anyway for for the fall like I'm back mm-hmm. in LA I'm just kind of focused on what I'm doing here producing auditioning for for on-camera stuff film TV commercial stuff and then I'm actually planning to move to New York in January really for, yeah for at least five or six months to kind of to kind of like do the next step after Mama Mia and just see if I can't get into some rooms and kind of keep writing some of the momentum in the musical theater realm. That's cool. Um, but also be doing yeah. film and TV over New York because there is some of that work to be had. So I'm just kind of, I'm just trying to kind of go with the flow, you know? Yeah. But I knew I wanted to come back to LA and reconnect with everything here and then sort of take that leap and, and just try out New York for a while. I've wanted to live in New York for a long time and I just feel like now's the time to give it a shot. Yeah. And I know I'll be back in LA at some point and like I will I will be here throughout my whole life I know that but I feel like now's the time to give New York a go at least for a little bit yeah and just kind of I'm just trying to like do it all and just follow where the work is you know and kind of just follow that path and that that's what I'm doing trying to embrace that unknown that's cool because I know a lot of people like if their main goal is television they'll like get off like, because you could have easily done the tour and then been like, okay, now I'm focusing on this because this is what yeah. I really want to do. And that would have been easier. Yeah. But <laughs> to be like, okay, well, this worked out really well, something I wasn't expecting. Yeah. I'm going to take another leap of faith. Exactly. And you hit the nail on the yeah. head. I wasn't expecting the Mamma Mia tour. Mm-hmm. I wasn't out here in LA actively seeking to yeah. do a national tour. It was certainly a goal of mine and it happened. And so I'm like, okay, cool. Well, what does that mean? You know, I should, maybe I should keep kind of going in that path for right now mm-hmm. and follow that flow and... And uh, but yeah, I'm ultimately trying to pursue film, TV, theater, and producing. I mean, I have like these different avenues that all of which I love. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I wish I could just pick one and right. throw everything else to the side and just do the one thing. It, <laughs> yeah. would, it would be a lot easier. But I can't do that. I, I love all of these things, and and uh, so I'm just kind of following what's what's coming at me. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where they're so interchangeable now to where when you do Broadway, like you can easily go into movie and tell Hop over to TV. Yeah. yeah. Or vice versa. Yeah. You book a TV role and then like it gives you a little bit more stance in the room when you're auditioning for a Broadway show. Exactly. So, yeah. I'm just hoping that at some point, I mean, these things will help each other and I can see this slow build. Yeah. So I'm just going to keep going. That's awesome, man. Just talking to you inspires me because it's like sometimes when you're out here, you can kind of get down a little bit because you're like, oh, things are not going exactly how for I sure. want or, oh, I almost got that role, but I didn't quite get it. And it's like, you just got to keep going because just because like recently I got like a callback or something and I don't think that I got it. So, sure. but they may see me next time and be like, oh, we called him in the last time. So absolutely. And, 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 and again, something else I learned through the Mamma Mia thing, they keep your notes. Yeah. They keep, you know, they keep your headshot. They keep your notes. Like people, good casting directors and casting teams, they keep good files and they remember 
people yeah. who they see and then like and and so you know you never know when that when you'll go into the room and they'll That's be like true. oh yeah remember <laughs> you from that nerf gun commercial yeah. that you got a call back for like whatever it is right you know? but you just keep doing it and i would say like never 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 give up mm-hmm. that's the thing perseverance and patience if you love what you do there's no other option for you to do anything mm-hmm. else in the world just keep doing it and in time the opportunity will come yeah that's right preparation meets opportunity boom that's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for inspiring me and everyone else today. Oh, I appreciate it. I hope it. I did. I hope yes, I did. Yes, you definitely did. Well, again, where can everyone keep up with you on social media? Yeah, check me out on Instagram, at AustinMichaelInfo, on Twitter, at Austin underscore Michael. I would love to keep in touch with you guys. Hit me up. Awesome. And you guys can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, at Mr. Dakota T. Jones. We will be back, we will be back again next week. Um, I love you guys so much. We will see you then. Have a great day. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed here are those of the host's owner, not necessarily the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners of